Well, I do appreciate the opportunity to preach, and uh, I guess luckily you won't have to hear me so much that you'll need a break from me. Uh, you won't have to hear me too often, so uh, you might be thankful for that. Uh, teenagers, sorry, uh, you get to hear me. But uh, yeah, uh, last Sunday, Brother Osfeld, you know, he normally he's in a series, things like that. I know sometimes he breaks from that, and it was Sunday morning, he announced, okay, you know, I'll invite you back tonight. I'll be preaching out of the book of Jonah. You ever get that sinking feeling? You're just like, oh, no. That's a feeling I had because I thought, Lord, I believe this is what you led me to. I don't, I don't think this is uh, just something I conjured up. And, uh, but I didn't, I guess, feel any liberty to go anywhere else. So we're going to be in Jonah tonight. And uh, anyway, so Brother Mike already gave me some encouragement tonight, mentioned that he was going to fall asleep on me. I thought that was pretty normal, so I, you know, now nah, I'm just teasing. Um, but I certainly do uh, appreciate the opportunity, and uh, definitely uh, thankful for the time. And uh, really tonight, I just want to mention a couple things. I, I believe the Lord has been uh, dealing with me and, and kind of on a personal level. And I just want to look at, I guess, three uh, principles that maybe uh, you could relate to. I, I know that. This is something, again, the Lord has been working on me here the last uh, little bit of time, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll be able to communicate that clearly to you tonight. But let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and then we'll begin. Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight, and Lord, I do thank you for your many blessings, and Lord, I do thank you for the time uh, that we can spend in your word, and and Lord, I do pray that this time would be profitable, and, and Lord, I pray that you would give me clarity of thought, and Lord, that you'd help me communicate Uh, what you would want me to communicate, Lord, and I just pray that, uh, Lord, you'd be pleased with what's said and done. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, as you're already in the book of Jonah, you can look at chapter 1. I'll get there in in just a moment, but I want us to think about just a couple things. Uh, I I know these will be things that you are already familiar with uh, in your Christian life, and that's this. Uh, We probably all know, just if we spent even a little bit of time in the Word of God, that we are supposed to love others. I mean, I I think we know if we were to go through the Word of God and spend any time in it, we would have an understanding that we are to love God and we are to love others. In fact, if I guess if you weren't by chance aware of that, I want to read a couple verses to you just to reiterate that. But in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, it says this, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Again, we've probably heard those verses before. We have an understanding, yes, we, even if you went back to the Old Testament, you could see, okay, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We understand we're to do that, but we also have an understanding that we are to have a love for others just as we have a love for ourselves. Uh, some other verses that we could look at, um, I'll read to you John chapter 13. Uh, Jesus is getting ready to be uh, taken and uh, crucified and died on the cross, and one of the things he relays to his disciples is a message about having love for each other. And it says this in John chapter 13 and verse 34, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. All right, we understand he's telling them to love one another, but I think 
that Jesus even, in my mind, he kind of raises the level when he says, he continues to go on to say, as I have loved you. Again, I give a new commandment unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. When I think about the love of Christ, again, to me, that kind of takes it to another level. And he says that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. I was looking, again, several verses, and, and we won't hit nearly uh, all of them, but I was thinking about this verse also in Romans chapter 12. Again, having this love for others. But Romans chapter 12, verse number 10 says this, Be kindly affection one toward another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Preferring one another. Loving, affectionate towards one another, and preferring one another. And one of the things that I realized, that's not easy to do. <laughs> one of the things I have realized in my life, that is something that is not always easy to do. But one of the things I also realized, and probably this is true in your life, have you noticed that there are some people in your life that it's easier to love than others? I mean, I'm just going to be honest. It's a little easier for me to have love for my wife and my son than maybe some other people. I won't name any names. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really thinking of anyone in, in particular. I'm just saying there are people that in our lives, and it could be based off personality, just simply personality. We get along with this individual. We have some things in common. And it's easier for me to have a love for them than maybe the person that, you know, our personalities really just, they really just kind of cross, they go crossways. Uh, maybe we just don't particularly care for that individual's personality. I'm sure there are personalities that maybe you have been around that you may not necessarily care for that kind of personality. And I was just thinking that in my life I've noticed that there are some people that it's easier for me to show love towards than for others. But then I was reminded of some of these verses, like in Luke chapter number 6. Luke chapter number 6, verse 27, it says this, and this is Jesus. He says, But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek also, uh, on the one cheek offer also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy cloak also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful." It's not always easy, is it? And I think about that not only am I to show love for others, 
But then I'm also to show love towards enemies. I mean, that can't be right. But obviously what we just read <laughs> says again, I, I just think about these last two verses. Beloved ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. And think about who God is. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. And then he says, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. I guess what I came to the conclusion was, is I really don't have an excuse for not loving others. <laughs> I think that's what God has been communicating to me, but I thought about this as well. As I look through these scriptures, and I think about loving others, and again in my life, I find that there are some people that are easier for me to show love towards than others. And then I think about even the, the idea of loving enemies, and, and I thought about this, you know, there is someone out there that I don't have a hard time loving. There is someone out there that I don't have a hard time preferring above others. There is someone out there that, again, I probably do prefer above others, and I do love. And the problem is I haven't actually found a verse in the Bible that says to love this person. I could be wrong, but I'm talking about myself. I don't know if I found the verse necessarily that commands me to love myself. And on the flip side, you could say, well, there's not a verse that commands you to hate yourself. I get that. I'm not saying we should hate ourselves. Please don't misunderstand me. But what I'm saying is, is as a result of me, again, I think the reason I would say this, that I'm not commanded to my love myself is because God already knows that I do love myself. Because, again, think about that. He said, love your neighbor how? As you love yourself. Uh, again, I don't usually have a problem loving myself. I don't usually have a problem preferring myself. And here's what I came to the conclusion. You know why? <laughs> Mostly because I'm selfish. For the most part, it just boils down to the fact that I'm selfish. And I was going to look at three principles of in my life where I, I maybe have seen selfishness. That sounded kind of odd, but selfishness. And uh, just want to consider some of those areas. And I think about selfish. Here's, a, here's a, a definition for that. Regarding one's own interest chiefly or solely and lacking consideration for others. I mean, from the verses we just read about having love for others, even having a love for our enemies, we would understand that it's probably not a good thing for us to live selfishly. Now, even think about Christ. I mean, he was selfless, wasn't he? To come from heaven, to live on this earth, to live a perfect life, to give his life for our sins. And again, I think about the fact that if there was anyone that was certainly not selfish, <laughs> it was Jesus Christ. And if he is the one I am to look to, and he is my example then it's probably a good thing that I would not be selfish, but that I would be selfless, and I would love people, and I would care for people. And, and you could look at Christ, and you could look at the stories about him, and the fact that he would look out, and he saw the multitudes, and he had compassion on them. 
You can think about the different times where he showed love and grace to people. And he cared about them. But again, I just want to look at three areas where I think that sometimes I've found myself maybe to be selfish in. Let's go ahead and get into Jonah chapter 1. And we understand this story. We've heard this story. We know that really in these first few verses, verse number 2, that the Lord said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But what did Jonah do? It said, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. We know that Jonah obviously was given a command to go to the people of Nineveh. Their wickedness had come up before the Lord, and God was going to send Jonah to go there to uh, preach a message of deliverance and repentance. But Jonah didn't go. And I want us to think about why he didn't go. Turn over to chapter 3. A lot of people would obviously look at this story and, and talk about the history of it and would say that the Ninevites would have been the enemies of the Jews. Okay? These would have been enemies. And obviously, Jonah had some strong feelings towards the people of Nineveh. In fact, if you looked through the chapter, you can see, and we'll look at a couple things in just a minute, that he had some pretty strong feelings towards the people of Nineveh. And I would say even almost, I don't, he had a strong dislike for them. And look at chapter 3, verse number 10. We know that most of this story has already taken place. But it says, and God saw their works, talking about the people of Nineveh, that they turned from their evil way, so they repented. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. So God spared the people of Nineveh, did he not? He saw their repentance. He saw that they turned from that, and God spared the people of Nineveh. And you would think, again, that this would bring a joy to the messenger However, look at chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. If you saw a group of people that were delivered from destruction, and your reaction was being displeased exceedingly and very angry, then you probably have some pretty strong feelings towards that group of people, do you not? You probably have maybe some hatred towards those individuals. And here's what I think that happened is Jonah's feelings towards these people caused him to become selfish with the message of God. Look at verse number two. He says, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. Here's what he said. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of a great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. What did Jonah say? Lord, was this not my saying? Was this not why I fled back in, uh, the, well, back uh, to Tarshish? Here's what he said. Because I knew that you're gracious. I know that you are merciful. I know that you're slow to anger. 
I knew these things about you, Lord, and I did not want to take that message to these people. See, I, I think that Jonah's feelings towards this group of people caused him to become selfish with the message of God and to say, I know all these things. I know this is the message of deliverance, but I'm not going to, I do not want to take it to these people. Again, what does selfish mean? Lacking, a, lacking consideration for others. He didn't have much concern for them, did he? He didn't have much consideration for them, did he? And he said, Lord, I know you're all these things, which is why I fled. His feelings towards the Ninevites caused him to become selfish with the message of God, to keep to himself and to flee with it. You know, I, I thought about this. How did Jonah know this about God? How did he know that God was merciful and gracious and slow to anger? In my mind, I understand he, he could have been told those things. He could have read those things. But I think more than that, I think he had experienced those things. I understand. I, I know that obviously he experienced after being delivered out of this well. But again, this was before all that took place. You're saying, I know all these things. And I thought, here is a man that knows all this about the Lord. And in my mind, I think he has experienced the mercy of God. He's experienced the grace of God in his life. Yet he became selfish with it because of his feelings towards this group of people. He fled with that message of deliverance. Well, I, I, I began to think about that. And, and, you know, sometimes I can look at that and think, man, Jonah, you, you are messed up. I mean, how could, you, how could you have those feelings towards someone? How could you say, man, the reason I didn't go to them basically is because I knew God was gracious and merciful, and I knew God, if they repented, I knew God would forgive them. That's why I didn't go to them. How could you get, to, you know, I can look and I can um, criticize and all these things, but I tried to relate it. I think the Lord related it to me in my own personal life. And I'm not going to talk about, okay, I understand these were enemies of the Jews. And I don't believe the Lord has necessarily called me to go to the enemies of my, I mean, my enemies. I mean, we could, we understand that as Americans and also as followers of Christ, there are people outside this world or in this world that are our enemies. And that would love to cause us harm. And that would even love to uh, take our lives if they had the opportunity. I don't believe I've been called to go to them. And really, I, my mind, maybe because I haven't been called to go to them, and I don't think in that way, I, I think obviously you have to use some discernment in some of that too as well, understand that God sent him. But I thought about this. I thought about what about me here in Pampa? What about me here in Pampa? Because here's essentially what I think happened. His feelings that he had towards these people caused him to become selfish with the message of God. Well, we have lived in Pampa now for a couple years. We've been in our house for just a little over a year. And just like you, I have neighbors. And I have interesting neighbors. Um, it's interesting when you're on your couch and you start hearing something. And you wonder, what is that? And then you look out and you notice the street is blocked off by cop cars. And you notice there's a guy out there and he's calling over the bullhorn for some guy to exit his home and to lay down. And they got canines and they got riot shields and shotguns. I mean, that, that'll grab your attention. Especially when it happens the second time 
and it's not the same house. <laughs> Pretty fun uh, neighborhood. Um, so those things have happened. And then we, we have some other neighbors that have moved in since we've moved there or lived there. And I'm just going to be honest, my feelings towards them, I'm just going to be honest, have not been what they should be. Because here's what's happened. You ever been woken up in the dead of night on multiple occasions because the people across the street are being loud and partying? Because I have. Um, have you ever got home and, and pulled up and, and you pulled up in the street and you're getting ready to mow and as you get out you're hearing all manner of, of language that you probably should never hear and also coming from females, I, I mean not just the male and it, it's very colorful and you think I'm, I'm thankful that Jacob's not with me right now because it, it, it's getting pretty colorful over there. And I'm telling you that can begin to shape <laughs> your attitude towards people. You know what else? I, I, I begin to find myself get angry with these people. I mean, they're up all hours of the night keeping me up, and I would get mad. I got to go to work. Don't you people work? Don't you contribute to society? I'm sure Rachel can hear me saying some of this. And just getting upset, and, and I'm thinking they're younger than me, and they never go to work. They're at home all day and then stay up all night, and it has gotten a lot better since then. But I'm telling you, what happened is I began to get very irritated with these people and even angry towards these people because of their lifestyle, because of their wickedness i mean i witnessed some fight i mean i look out and there's another guy trying to push his way in and the other one's shoving him out and then by the time i get out there it's done but i'm just telling you that that will cause you to develop some feelings towards people and maybe some anger towards people and here's what the lord began to work in my heart well have you tried even introducing yourself to them have you prayed for them? These are the thoughts the Lord is laying on my mind as I've been reading in Jonah. <laughs> Have you even invited them to church? Have you even thought to invite them to church? Or has your feelings towards them, your feelings of anger, caused you to become selfish with the message of Christ? That was a tough one because I found, you know, I could look at this book of Jonah and I, I, and I could be maybe judgmental of him and think, well, you knucklehead and, and things like that. And then it was like the Lord saying, well, you're a knucklehead too. Those people, I still love them. Those people still need the message of deliverance. And those people are in the same place as Nineveh. If they don't get that message and they don't receive it and they don't repent, they're going to spend an eternity in hell. And the Lord impressed upon my heart. He said, I guess for me, you've caused your feelings towards these individuals to allow you to become selfish with my message of deliverance. I want to look at a second principle. Back in chapter 1, I want us to look at verse number 4. We know that Jonah is on the ship now. It says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man, 
unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ships into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone, out to, gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so, be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and what, of what people art thou? And he said to them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee? that the sea may be calm unto us, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth in the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. You know, one of the, the second principles that I see sometimes when I am selfish is that when I am living in disobedience, I don't care who my sin affects. I don't care who my sin affects. That's a selfish response. Again, lacking concern for others. You think about these men. They are men that have obviously been on the sea before. They are afraid for their lives. What is Jonah doing? He's sleeping. That certainly is a lack of concern for the men that he has put in danger. I think about this, too. I mean, they find out, obviously, that Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord. It says because he told them they were afraid. And they ask him, hey, what can we do that the sea may be calm? And what does Jonah say? In verse 12, he says, take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. So Jonah had a solution, did he not? He said, just take me up, throw me in the sea, and the sea will be calm. And I thought about this. Were Jonah's legs broken? And here's what I mean by that. Could not he have jumped off this ship himself? They needed to pick him up and throw him off? Again, there was a total lack of concern for these men. We obviously know there was a total lack of concern for the Ninevites, but then there was also a total lack of concern for these men. He put their lives in danger. He's sleeping on the boat. When they find out, hey, this is the man, this is the reason that we're going through this, that we're in this predicament, and he says, yeah, you're going to have to throw me off this boat. But yet, he could have removed himself. Because I think about these men. Why would that be a big deal? Well, because they were afraid of being guilty of Jonah's death. They certainly believe that as soon as we throw, when we throw this man overboard, he's going to die out here. What did they say before they did it? Even when Jonah says, you're going to have to throw me off, what did they try? They tried still to bring the ship to shore, but they couldn't do it. 
And before they threw him overboard, they said, O Lord, thou hast done as thou pleased. But he says, lay not upon us innocent blood. Lord, don't let us be guilty for this man's death. We know we're out of options. Why were they in that position? Because Jonah had put them in that position. Jonah could have taken care of it, could he not? Number one, obviously don't flee from the, or try to flee from the presence of the Lord, but don't flee from the Lord. But number two, if you know the way out, you know how to calm the storm in a sense, take care of it, Jonah. Jump off. Why put these men in that position to have to make that decision? I mean, would you want to be in that position to decide, we got to throw this guy overboard but we believe he's going to die. Jonah was selfish in that he did not care who his sin and his disobedience affected. I think you know as well as I do, it wouldn't take long for us to uh, look in the scripture, but also in our own lives to understand that our decisions and our disobedience to God and our sin has effect not only on us, but it has effect on others. I uh, think about Achan. What did he do? He coveted, or he saw, he coveted, he took, he hid. And what happened? The children of Israel lost a battle. Men died. What else happened? He and his family and all that he had were destroyed. I think about Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel's accusers. After Daniel survived that night in the lion's den, what happened to his accusers? They were thrown into the lion's den, but not only them, their wives and their children, the Bible says. And the Bible says the lions had the mastery of them and broke their bones in pieces. Can you imagine that? Not just those men, their wives and their children. I think about David and his sin with Bathsheba. Did it not, did it, or it certainly didn't just have an effect on him, but it had an effect on his children. And I think even if I gave you examples of my own life, I can guarantee you that decisions that I make and sin that I choose to be a part of, it will have an effect on others. Just simply put, because of time, think about this. It's not just my family. If I went out, and I don't mean to be ugly, but if I went out and I had an affair, are you telling me it wouldn't affect anyone else? It's going to affect my wife. It's going to affect my children or my son. It's going to affect our families. It's going to affect this church. It's going to affect people. And the selfish side could be, I don't care. I don't care who my sin affects. You know, even in the small things, in adultery, obviously that seems pretty big but i think even in the small things we went to youth conference not that long ago it was the last day it was the last message my head was pounding i'll just being honest i had a headache we had planned on taking this picture and i'm just going to be honest with you my attitude stunk and my wife said something about the picture and i said i don't care about a picture we're just loading up and let's go well i didn't think anyone else heard me and my sorry attitude but guess what two young ladies did hear me And guess what? That can change their opinion of me real quick. And I did apologize to them. But not until I was confronted about it. (laughs) And not in a a mean way. I just just mean it was brought up to my attention because I really didn't think about who it affected. But you know what? There have been times in my life where I have said things to my wife in our home and Jacob was around and I know he heard it and it was not pleasant and it was not kind and I'm just being honest my attitude was I don't care 
because I was mad. Have you ever been there that where you've been caught in your sin and your disobedience and because of your pride maybe you've just said, I don't care. I don't care who it affects. I'm just telling you, we can become selfish in our sin and in our disobedience that we can get to a point where we don't care who it affects. Third thing, and lastly, turn over to chapter 4. We'll finish this up quickly. But look at verse number 4. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head and to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad for the gourd, or of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning arose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement uh, east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted, and wished in himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Verse number 9, And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do, well, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for which thou hast not labored, neither madest it to grow, which came up in a night, and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? Again, Jonah out there feeling sorry for himself. He wants to see what's going to become of the city. As he's sitting out there, God allows this gourd to grow up and provide some shade one night, and then God prepares a worm to destroy that. And he's sitting out there, and the sun is beating upon him, and there's this east wind, and he's angry even unto death. And God, again, asking him, does it do you good to be angry for this gourd? And here's what, again, in a selfish way, I, I think a principle that I have noticed is that sometimes my priorities are messed up. And by that I mean I give more attention to the temporal than I do the eternal. More attention to temporal things than eternal things. Here's what stuck out to me about that gourd. It came up in a night and it perished in a night. It was temporal. It didn't last. But God said, how many people were in Nineveh? Six score thousand. Well, how many is a score? Twenty, right? Six times twenty? A hundred and twenty thousand. And then I think about this. They were not able to discern between their right hand and their left hand. Well, raise your right hand. Or raise your left hand. Okay, so you can discern between your right and your left hand, right? You've probably been able to do that for a while. So in my mind, I think, just in my mind, I think young children could not discern between their right and their left. And here is God saying, you had, I mean, you think about Johnny, he had joy for the gourd. And then he had pity on the gourd. He showed more emotion of gladness and pity on this gourd, this temporal thing, than he did for the people of Nineveh. One of the ways that I have found myself in times to be selfish is that I give more time to the temporal than I do the eternal, than to people. You know what? God does give us things to enjoy, doesn't he? And they are temporal. There's no doubt about it. And I thought even about when we look at that verse about money, right? I mean, we know that it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil, but that the love of money is the root of all evil. To me, it comes down to priorities. So there are things that we can enjoy in our lives. But here's what I had to think about. Okay, in this last week, 
Chad, if you were to make a list and you were to say, okay, these were temporal things and these would go under the category of eternal things. And then if you were to list the time given to each of those, what would it say your priorities are? And for me, what I have found, and the Lord, I believe, communicated to me that, Chad, you often are more, your priorities are more for temporal things than eternal things. You give more attention and time and effort and thought to things that are not going to last than to eternal. And a lot of times it's because I'm selfish. I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about what I want to do. I'm thinking about what I enjoy. I'm thinking about me, me, me. Why? Because I'm selfish. Tonight, just three principles. And the three principles, again, that I I think the Lord kind of dealt with me is sometimes I have allowed my feelings towards a group, maybe towards certain individuals to cause me to be selfish with the message of Christ of deliverance and forgiveness. Sometimes in my life I am selfish in my disobedience and that I do not care who my sin affects, even though it's going to have an effect on others. And there are times in my life when I could go through my week and I could say my priorities are not right because I am selfish. I care more about my temporal enjoyment often than I care about the eternity and the eternal of others. I don't know if this has made any sense to you, but I know for me one of the things the Lord, I think just as pastor preached not that long ago, not just treating the symptom but finding the the cause of that, I think that I have a lot of symptoms that stem from the simple fact that I'm selfish. I'm a selfish individual a lot of times. Anyways, let's go ahead and stand and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, and Lord, I do thank you for your many blessings. I, I thank you for who you are. And Lord, I, I do find times in my life often where I, I just, if I was to look back and, and really take a look, I would find myself to be a selfish individual. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have a love and a care for others. Lord, help us not to allow any kind of negative feeling towards people to keep us from sharing your word of deliverance. Lord, help us to not go through life in a way of disobedience where we don't care who our sin affects. And then, Lord, help us to be mindful of the importance of giving time towards the eternal and not just the temporal. Lord, I thank you for all you do. In your name I pray. Amen.